We'll look at three different passages this morning that I'm going to read from. They're all familiar. I'm going to read Isaiah 9, verse 6, Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 12, and then John 3, 16. I'll ask when you find that to stand in God's honor, as is our practice. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And turn me over to Matthew chapter 2, verses 9 through 12. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And then John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Master, um, this is a busy time of year. There are many gifts on our minds, Lord. But there's only one gift that really gives us what we need. And I pray this morning, Father, that You might speak to us. Um, I pray, Father, that You might allow me to speak with a flow, Lord, that my words wouldn't run together, but that they would flow correctly. That I might speak in faith, God, that I'd be trusting You clearly. And that, Father, I might speak with a fire, God, that's from You. And God, that um, as a result, Father, uh, we might trust You. And God, we just need to hear from you, God. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Take the weakness of my words and infuse the power of your Spirit. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for being with us, God. In your name we pray. Amen. The title of this message, guys, Gifts and the Gift. Believe it or not, at one time I too was a kid. And I remember how exciting Christmas was. As a kid, man, early on I would think about things I wanted, things I needed, and I would make the greatest list, and man, I would just love that list, and I would start my nagging campaign to uh, make sure that that list would be mine. And I remember how great it was once the tree was put up in the house, and once these wrapped boxes with bows on them were put underneath the tree. And uh, I remember when I was by myself and there, the great temptation to look underneath the wrapping paper and 
catch a peek of what might happen to be in those boxes. And somehow I think I'm not the only one here who's ever done that crime. And I can remember uh, when Christmas Eve would come, and man, it was hard to sleep. Do you guys remember how tough it was? I can remember laying in bed watching the clock. And I can remember thinking, move clock, move! And you know, it was just so slow. And then I'd get up and, you know, my folks would still be sleeping and I'd try every way in the world to get them out of bed because there was business to be conducted in that room underneath that tree. It's a serious time. Uh, one of my favorite Bible teachers through the years has been Chuck Swindoll. Um, is really, uh, just have loved to listen to him. And this week I heard part of a message he had spoken about uh, his Christmas he remembered the most and uh, he was talking about back in those days they didn't have a lot of money and he said at that time he had really gotten interested in basketball so I could you know relate to that you guys know I like basketball and uh, his dad didn't even know what basketball was in those days so he'd asked his dad to put him up a, a rim basketball goal outside and he said it wasn't even really round kind of a strange shape but he had hooked that onto the garage and he said no, uh, he didn't own a basketball and they had actually worn out his friend's basketball where you could see the bulge of the inside of the basketball coming through the cover that was worn. And so he needed a basketball. And so he started his own personal nagging campaign that he wanted a basketball. And he made everybody know for sure he needed a basketball. And so this went on for days as it led up to Christmas and and he was getting really excited, especially on the 22nd of December when underneath the tree there appeared a round box that was wrapped with a bow. And he thought, yes, finally they have given me something I wanted. And man, he picked that box up and he shook it. And he smiled and he was so excited. He couldn't stand it. And then Christmas Day finally arrived. Now, uh, he said that in his house, Chuck said that they had a tradition of you started with the oldest who opened their gift first and then you moved down. He said, so his dad, he, you know, he had his gift and he said he didn't know what was up with his dad, but he was so treacherously slow, just delicately opening the paper and refolding it like he was going to reuse it next year or something, you know. And then his mom also, she was just, he's like, mom, would you just hurry up? My gift awaits. He said, then it came to, you know, his siblings and his sister. And it was like she knew he was dying to open that present. And so it took her about 20 minutes to open her gift. It was killing Chuck. And so finally it was his time. (laughs) He rushed under that tree. He grabbed that round box. He tore through that paper in a hurry. He opened that box and he pulled out a world globe. And he said his sister laughed for hours and he couldn't believe it he just knew that was a basketball but it wasn't and he looked out the window at that sort of round goal that was hanging on the crotch and he thought oh lord lord why have thou done this to me and and his mom said chuck i believe god is calling you to preach son someday you'll go to places and she started pointing to places on that globe from all over the world. Maybe someday, Chuck, God will allow you to go and share His love in those places. And Chuck's thinking, 
Ah, let's see. Maybe I can take this thing to the store and trade it in on a basketball. Maybe they'll take it. Or maybe I can swap with a friend. Yeah, sure, right. He thought, man, even Helen Keller wouldn't swap with me for, for this thing. And you know, when the gift came, that's not what they were looking for. It says, He came to His own and His own received Him not. They were looking for a mighty warrior that would come on a white stallion and have a sword and crush the Roman Empire, bring in peace and and, and bring in a time of prosperity. They weren't looking for someone to come in to forgive sins. They were looking for what they wanted, not really for what they needed. It wasn't a likely appearance when the baby came to be the deliverer of the world, to be the gift. You know, there's been misconceptions about God, what God is like. As I thought about this, I wrote down three misconceptions. Some people, when they think of God, they think cosmic cop. Listen to, uh, this is 1 Corinthians 15.56 The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. What does that mean? The power of sin is the law. All that simply means is that the law is a list of what we're supposed to do, what we're supposed to be like. And when we carefully examine who we really are in light of what we are supposed to be like, what we are supposed to do, we fall short. And so the power of sin is the law, man. And when you take a good look at yourself, you say, man, I'm, I fall short. I'm inadequate. I can't reach God's standard. And so God's this cosmic cop and He's waiting around saying, man, I can't wait for you. Yeah, go ahead. Just fall so I can zap you. I want to get you. I want to get you, kid. I want to spank you back in line. The cosmic cop. But that's not who God is. Secondly, uh, people picture Him as a tireless taskmaster. In other words, He expects constant work and no fun. We're called to be holy. We're called to be set apart, so get on with it. There's too much work to do for you to sit around and have fun. That's not God. I love Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 that we've enjoyed so much uh, through the years among God's people. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. Guys, it's not about us building an impressive resume that moves the heart of God. It's about Him reaching out to us and giving us what we don't deserve, what we could not earn of ourselves. It's grace. He's not some tireless taskmaster that sits back with a whip and says, Go after it, son. Give me all you got, and I might give you just a little crumb of my blessing. That's not our God. He is a God that loves us. He is a God that wants us to experience His blessings. He is a God that wants to wrap His arms around us and remind us that He's with us. Emmanuel, God, with us. Guys, He is a loving God that cares about us deeply. Third, there's the idea of a distant deity. That God created everything, then He sat down and His lazy boy kicked back and just let everything run and say, "Ah, I've done my part, I'm not going to worry about it. I'm so grateful that God cares enough to get involved. 
He knows where you are, guys. And He knows where I am. He knows when I feel defeated. He knows when I feel broken. He knows when I don't know how to get over the hill because I just feel completely stuck. He knows all that. He's not a distant deity. He doesn't stand afar off and say, I don't care, I'm not going to get involved. But He stepped in the equation. That's what Christmas is all about. God stepped out of heaven onto earth and He became as one of us. He stepped into humanity because He loves you and He loves me. That's our God. He's not a distant deity. He wants to come close. One of the memory verses I've been working on this week in Ephesians 2.13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off. You see, the gospel tells us at some point we were all far off. You don't discover the Savior until you realize you need to be saved. At some point, the light has to come on. You have to understand that you are spiritually bankrupt. That you cannot reach God's standard by yourself. That you need someone to help you. That's what a Savior is. Someone who gives you what you yourself cannot earn. Who pays a price that you cannot pay. And that's what Christmas is about. God provided that because only God, only He alone could provide that. He is the Savior. Some of you have heard this, but it's uh, just beautiful the way it's shared. If our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a Savior. Isaiah 43.11 reads, I am the Lord. Apart from me, there is no Savior. Guys, the only place to look for the answer of the heart is God. And what Christmas is about, He came. He lives. He cares. And He wants you to personally know that. And to understand that He wants you to be part of His family. Of His heart. That's Christmas. That's what God's about. And you can't disconnect the cross from the cradle. Because it's all part of His love. How He reaches out. You know, a little baby, he didn't arrive on a stallion swinging a big sword to crush the Roman Empire. They didn't like what they saw. He didn't come wearing a crown of gold, but he did end up wearing a crown of thorns. They must have thought, what a stupid idea to send a servant. What a crazy idea to send a son of a carpenter, of a common man. And think about the gifts. I mean... What does a baby really need with gold? What's he going to do? Lick it? Gold represents a king. As the wise men came, they were saying, Oh, little one, you are the king of kings and lord of lords. You are the hope that we have been waiting for, expecting. And then there was the incense, the frankincense representative of the priest who, as he offered sacrifices 
to God. There was the special incense that was a part of the worship, the sacrifice to the Lord. He is our priest. Who is a priest? What is a priest? The priest is the one who goes to God on behalf of man. That's Jesus, guys. That's who He is. He knows our need. He knows us inside and out. And He goes to the Father on our behalf. And so we have a voice that makes its way to the God, the Holy One, the Righteous One. That's who He is. And then there's myrrh, which is a spice used in embalming. To take a lifeless body and to prepare it for burial. What was this gift for the baby? It was the declaration that this baby came to die. Why did He come to die? Because we had to have a Savior. We had to have a Savior. Remember, um, in the time of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, matter of fact, turn me to Acts chapter 2. We're close by for John 3. Peter preaches this message, the Holy Spirit falls, great things happen. Peter comes to a time of inviting people to make a decision for Christ. And in verse 37, it says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Man, they were convicted of their sin. They knew that they, they needed help. So Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. As Peter looked out at the crowd as their hearts were cut, as they were looking for an answer and hope, he said, guys, it's for you and your children who are far off, but God has come close and He wants to bring you close. That's the message of hope. That's Christmas. He wants you to be close. He's the Savior. Guys, He cares about where you are. Christmas is not merely about the gifts. We all get stressed out and think, well, i got to get this gift and this gift and that gift. And it's like, oh, I just wish this would be over. This is chaos. But let's be careful that we don't Miss the gift and all the rush to get the gifts. And the only place to get the gift is with the Lord. But my own Christmas experience, one of the Christmases I remember the most, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of money um, in my family. We weren't, I don't know what you call, we weren't poverty line, but... We didn't get a lot of extra stuff. And I remember I always wanted a bicycle. I never got one when I was real little. Man, could I run. Because I would run with the kids who had bicycles. That'll help your running. <laughs> and I can remember one, you know, Christmas. I just really pushed. I said, I'm getting tired, guys. I need a bike. That was all I wanted was a bike. And... uh I remember I couldn't sleep watching the clock. I thought, man, i got to get that bike. So I snuck into the, the living room area where the tree was and there was no bike. And I was devastated. I said, oh, I 
just want a bike. So I went into my parents' room. I'm all upset. There's no bike. I'm crying. I'm carrying on. Dad's like, shh, 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 just be quiet. He gets up, he cuts on a light, and there's the bike. It was in, his, in their room. He knew all the time where I would go when I didn't see what I wanted. And the Heavenly Father knows all the time what you need. He just says, will you come? Come to me, and I will give you the gift that matters. Guys, that's the invitation this morning. Christmas is about a Savior who wants to come near. Will you respond? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for the gift. How you love us with a love that is indescribable. Maybe there is someone here today that has only saw that gift from afar, but has not yet come close and received the gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Now's the time. If you happen to be that one, just Open up your heart and just pray, Lord, I am a sinner. Forgive me. I trust you as my Savior. Give me new life. And friend, when you do that with an open, honest heart by faith, Jesus will provide what he has promised. And I just pray for all of us. If God has spoken to your heart, will you simply come in obedience to him? to pray at the altar, to make a public decision before God's people, just to say yes to His voice. For He is the one who loves you more than life itself. Father, we, we are just so grateful for Your heart, God, that You cared so much that You sent Your one and only Son. As we remember this time of year, as we remember what it means, God, help us to live in that heartbeat of the gift God, help us not miss it for all the gifts. In your name we pray. Amen.